on December 11th, 1995, December 11th, eight o'clock in the evening, a huge fire broke out and a textile factory, it's called Molden Mills in Lawrence, Massachusetts, next to Boston. At that time, it was the biggest, the largest textile factory in the United States. The owner of the factory, the CEO, was in the middle of a 70-year-old party. His own party celebrated the 70-year-old. And with family and friends, in the middle of the party, one of his CEOs, one of his right hands comes over to him and tells him, Mr. Feuerstein, you, you, factory is in flames. It was a fire that for a century, Boston did not, uh, Massachusetts, they never had such a fire. The whole company, the whole factory was consumed and took a week to put out the, every little piece of the fire. It was like a huge fire. What caused the fire? A boiler that blew up. This factory was bought by, by, by Aaron Feuerstein's grandfather, Henry Feuerstein. Well, I think it was Henry in 1956. And his grandfather was doing business very well. And he was doing the business. He was, and his father was running the business. Now it's a grandson. And the grandson was 70 years old. In the morning, it was clear that 3,000 employees lost their jobs. And the, the whole city of Florence was basically surviving on, 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 this, on, on this factory. It kept the economy down. Every, everybody expected from Aaron Feuerstein to do one of two, two things, or to just take the insurance that was between 300 and $500 million and retire. It was 70 years old. The other thing was to move the company, the factory to the south where labor is much cheaper, or even to China, one of the Far East countries. What well, then in 1995, if you remember, everybody was running to China. But Feuerstein thought differently. The next morning, he was making, he was, he called for a press conference in a big stadium, a big hall, and he, and he made an announcement. He said, we are going, I'm going to rebuild the factory right here in the city. Not only this, for the first 30 days, every employee will get his salary. Something that's unheard of. And you see the video, everybody jumps out of the chairs and applauding, applauding him and people are crying. It's like unbelievable. People kissing his hand, it was like amazing. 30 days passed, he made another meeting and he announced we will give, we'll continue to give salaries for the next 30 days. And he continued to give salaries to all his employees for months, many months. It cost him $25 million until he was starting to give to, to he build up the, the factory. When he built up the factory, the production of the factory, the employees produced at 40% more than before. They were so enthusiastic. Nobody asked for one cent a raise 
and they all walked and they loved him so much they were doing, they were doing for him anything. Five, six years later, he had an interview and 60 minutes. And the interviewer, I don't remember where it was, asked him, Mr. Feuerstein, um, from a, from a um, from point of view of, from a moral point of view, it makes sense, this decision. But from a business point of view, this decision doesn't make sense. Wouldn't be more correct to take the $300 million, that's what he told him, and, and the, I saw the interview, packet it and retire. Feuerstein looks at him in his eyes and tells him, and what I'm going to do with that? Eat another meal? Buy another suit? Retire and die? So that was not a piece of, a piece of my, that would not even enter my mind. It says I had two things in my mind, how to rebuild the business the business of, of, my, of my parents, my father, my grandfather, my, the family business, it was very dear to me. Maybe he says that maybe it was not voted in the market, but to me it was voted a lot. And number two, I was, I, I wanted to, to make sure that the 3000 employees who have nothing to take home now should not lose their job, should not lose the pay. I was very, it was very important. And the interviewer asked them, Tell me, is your religion play, played a big role in, a role in this decision? That he said, absolutely, he's an Orthodox Jew. He says, my father taught me, in a place that there is, when the people are not moral, are not doing the right thing, be you the man, be you the, the right person. Do the right thing. And he was called, he, got, he was coined in the newspaper, was the mensch of mental ills, mills, mental mills. That's what he called. It was like unbelievable. In the year 2001, a short time before he died, some Kind of a reporter, a religious guy decided, a young man decided he has to go, he has to find out. He was so inspired by the story from 1995. And oh, by the way, in 2007, I think his, his business went bankrupt. In event, he said he wanted to find out if Feuerstein is alive. They told him, yeah, he's alive. He's 95 years old. He lives in, in, in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, by his granddaughter, and he's alive. Would he be ready for an interview? He says that for 25 years, he didn't give interviews, but he's ready, will be happy to give him an interview. He came, interviewed him, he asked him, tell me, are you not regretting that because maybe because you gave, it to, gave out $25 million, you didn't have enough money that the business should move on? He said, absolutely not. I'm not regretting for a second. He says the business didn't, move, it didn't go, it didn't do well because I was, I was too rushed to, to success. I had to take most, take time to take more steps, so not to be so in, in a rush to try to passion it too early. But he said, what I did it, he says, my father taught me there is something it's called Kiddush Hashem and Chilul Hashem. Kiddush Hashem means sanctifying God's name and Chilul Hashem means violating God's name. He says, I wanted to be on the side of sanctifying God's name. And then he tells him, you know, I built a synagogue right here 
in, in Boston, a beautiful synagogue. I want you to go to see it. He said, he doesn't even know why I built it. Because when I was a kid, used to dive in a basement. And I thought to myself, it's not respectful for God to dive in a basement. To dive in a basement. And, uh, and therefore, I decided to build a, a beautiful shul. Should be respectful. Should be, should be a kiddush Hashem. Should be sanctifying God's name. A short time after this interview, Boylston passed away by the age of 95. Oh, right then after he did this act, he was invited to the State of the Union address of Bill Clinton. And he, he pointed out, you know, like the presidents do, pointed him out and he got a standing ovation for, for, his, for doing such a thing, an unbelievable thing. This week, we're starting to read about in the book of, Je of Exodus. The book of, and we read about the Exodus from Egypt. Chapter two or chapter three is the story of Moses saw God at the burning bush, the revelation of the burning bush. Well, the story starts, this chapter starts, Moshe Moses was a shepherd and he shepherded the, the flock of uh, the sheep of uh, Jethro, right? The Medrash, you know, why should the Torah, the Torah tells us that Moses was a shepherd? Who cares? The Torah doesn't say things that uh, uh, random things. And Moses woke up in the morning and he ate breakfast and he got dressed. And... Who cares what, he, what was his occupation? He had a factory. Who cares what he did? You say Moses went and came to Mount Horeb and he saw God and he saw. The Torah doesn't write this kind of uh, details. They're not important. Obviously, the Torah wants to teach us something. And the Medrash says an amazing story. The Medrash says Moses was a shepherd, yeah. And the Torah wants to write it. And one of the things that happened there, one of the sheep, little sheep, run away. And Moses ran after this little sheep. And he was running and running and running. Finally, she came to a place of water, a gathering of water, and the sheep was drinking. Moses felt so bad, said this, she was running because she was so thirsty. He carried her on his shoulder on the way, for the way back. That's what Medrash says. And God said, so to speak, and I see you, if you take care of animals like this, as your little sheep, you can be the right shepherd of my people Israel. But I saw a talk from the Rebbe, something amazing. I heard that on tape also. The Rebbe said it's written in some books. And how Moses made it to Mount, to the Mounts, you know, it's Mount Sinai, we read. The burning bush was on the same mountain that later was given the Torah. The reason why it's called Sinai, because the, the bush is called in Hebrew, Sne. Sne and Sinai is the same word, you understand? Then the Rabbi says, you know how he made it to this mountain? Running after the little sheep, the sheep brought them all the way to Mount Sinai. If he wouldn't run after the little sheep, he would never make it to Mount Sinai. This is an unbelievable detail that sheds a light on the whole story. What's the message? The message is the way to Mount Sinai goes through helping somebody else, caring for others. How much more caring for people, caring for another Jew? Helping somebody else. 
Now, many times people feel that they, they want a connection to God. What do they need to do? They'll pray. Now, somebody told me the other day that this psychologist was actually, obviously, Krishna told them, you know, you need to have a connection with God. Go, to, go pray. And I was very impressed. I didn't I expected this probably a Krishna psychologist. But, but the connection to God is prayer. We're not, we're not, obviously, I'm a rabbi, I'm all for prayers, and people should come to show to pray. But that goes to prayer sometimes is not enough. You have to get do something more. There is a story about the third Chabad Rebbe. He's called the Tzemach Tzedek. He was very close to his grandfather, who was the first Chabad Rebbe. After his grandfather passed away, from time to time, he had like a vision of his grandfather. He used to give him answers. If it was a dream, or like when he was in the middle of a, you know, an, an inspiration, he used to see in, in a vision his grandfather, he used to tell him, yes, no, give him answers. Whenever he had real doubts about, it was a time he was learning Torah and he had questions and, and he wanted his grandfather to kind of come and tell him what to do. And, and he didn't have it. And he was very upset about it. And whatever he did, he prayed, he learned, nothing worked. One morning, early morning, he gets up and he's walking to synagogue. He passes by the, the street, the market street. It was a day that was a market, you know, in the small cities, once a week, it was a market. Even today, the market in Cleveland, I don't think it's every day. I think it's Saturday afternoon or whatever it is. I don't remember. Then he went by, passes by the market and a butcher comes over to him and tells him, Rabbi, can you lend me five rubles, silver rubles? I want to buy a um, cow or an ox and I'll buy it. I'll slaughter it with the spider shoichet and I'll sell the meat and I have the money and I'll give you back. He told him, sure, I'm going to service. After service, I'll come back and I, will, and, I, and I will give you the money. He comes to Shul and he thinks to himself, this guy after services, will be no animals there. He turned around, he went back home, picked up five rubles, silver rubles, went to the market. The market was already full of people and it was a paraganda. And he's going around and looking for this butcher and he's pushing, you know, men, women, children, everybody that is with his, it's, it's a market. Finally, he finds the guy, he gives him the five rubles and goes to show. He goes to show, he puts on his talus, he wraps himself in the talus and he sees his grandfather with a smiley face telling him, because you did a mitzvah like this, because you care for another Jew, that's the best way to get closer to God. And he told them, when a person gives up, makes a loan, lends money with a full out, and he's doing a favor to another Jew with love, all the gates of heaven are open to him. And what's, what's, what's the message? The message is, the, the journey to a spiritual connection, the gate to a spiritual journey goes to doing a favor to somebody else, doing some charity to another person. Prayers and learning, the Rebbe says, is not, is not always enough. To get to Mount Sinai, you have to run after the, the little ship. 